welcome to the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast with co-founders and hosts, Tracy Callahan and Deborah Doak. Each week, we tackle another tough topic to help professional divorce coaches maximize client impact and cultivate thriving practices. We also want to spread the word about the expertise and value that certified divorce coaches bring to the table. At DCA, we are committed to ongoing learning and we value generosity among divorce coaching professionals. We believe that when one succeeds, we all succeed. Welcome back to Divorce Coaches Academy podcast. I am so happy to be here again with Deborah. And today we're talking about staying neutral to the process, something we often see coaches struggle with in their. Uh, defined relationships with their clients. Yeah. Well, you know, Tracy, what I really think you should have said was this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Things like, I think, have you considered, right? These are all the kind of phrases that give us clues that we're not being neutral and Mm -hmm. When we're working with new coaches, one of the first things I always say is, you know, if your client wants to stand on the train track and get run over by a a train, that's their prerogative. And that's one of the hardest things to do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is to remain really in that neutral space where they're making their own decisions and you don't have to agree. Yeah. And I think that's such a a difficult, as you said, a difficult thing for coaches Hmm. to sort of kind of grapple with, right? So I entered entered the field of divorce coaching from a practice as a trained family mediator. So my original training in the alternative dispute resolution field was as a mediator. And as mediators, we are completely neutral to the process. We're working with two parties or multiple parties, right? But we have no position as mediators. We're neutral facilitators to support communication. And then when I transitioned and added divorce coaching to my practice quite a bit ago, I came in with those skill sets, but then I really was struggling. How do I, how do I do this when I'm working with one party, right? Because my clients, I want to be their champion. I want to be their advocate. I want to support them in making good decisions. And I think part of that process is stepping back and exactly what you said, Deborah, allowing the client to make their decisions. Yes, absolutely. And, And I think familiarity when when coaches come to the divorce coaching process with their clients, the more for their feel that they're familiar with their clients, it almost acts as if it's a barrier to their curiosity, right? And the, the curiosity piece is so vitally important when we are using powerful questions and powerful questioning to help the client in their own awareness grow and improve in the work that they're doing rather than as you might, the coach might've experienced this before often goes into the advice, fixing it, problem solving, right. Mm -hmm. Is not staying neutral to the process. Correct. And, you know, you brought up a good point with this word familiarity. 
And we've talked before, and I know when we run uh, Susan Guthrie's podcast, the Divorce and Beyond podcast, and we were talking about how do you find a divorce coach, we talked about how important it is. And you talked with Andrea Hips about this to coach from your scar, not from your wound, Mm -hmm. to have processed your own divorce experience Mm -hmm. before you start working with clients, because that familiarity needs to be a little bit further in the past so that you're not so triggered to step into sympathy and you can remain in empathy. Um, Because there's a a big difference in how you up with clients Mm -hmm. when you're in sympathy versus empathy. Sympathy is going to make you want to, it's, it's a place of judgment. It's going to make you want to give advice. It's yeah. going to make you understand things only from your own perspective. Um, <clears throat> it's going to make you want to jump in and save the day. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to empathy, we're able to feel what someone else is feeling, but without that judgment. It allows us to stay curious, discover their perspective, mm-hmm. right? And stay more in that neutral space. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and, again, and, and cleaning up your own divorce debris first is yeah. a big step toward being able to stay in that neutral space. Yeah. And 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 I want to thank you for mentioning that. I had the pleasure of uh, interviewing Andrea Hips and a, a podcast a few. I encourage you all to check it out. Uh, and and really how important it is to be able to uh, clean out your divorce debris, because it is the, exactly what you had just said, Deb, that difference between empathy and sympathy, where often it's very, very much confused, but often grounded in the emotional reaction of the coach, mm-hmm. which then leads the client down a path, right, uh, of not being uh, curious and open as an active listener and, and more as a judger, right, which mm-hmm. is that sympathy piece, that emotional reaction is being triggered by the yep. coach who's not staying neutral to the process and moves them very much more into that sympathetic place rather than the empathetic place. Right. Hopping up on the white horse to save the day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause, because I've been there, I've experienced it. I know what it feels like. I know what to do. I'm going to save you. Right. I'm going to right Mm -hmm. where the, the, the helping is really in supporting the client's awareness and the work that they do in their own growth process, right? When we talk about client focus, to be able to really support the idea of client focus, where the client, the client focus is really about that. The client holds the answers, truly holds the answers to what's going on in their life, right? Mm -hmm. And the coach really supports that exploration process to help them, you know, engaging in active listening and powerful questioning to support that awareness for the the client. When the coach moves away from that, right, they then are basically completely throwing the process and and not being neutral to their Mm -hmm. clients and, and often leading them down a path that's not going to be supportive and helpful for the client in the end. Well, and we were, we're relieving them of their own agency then. Yeah. 
because this divorce process is going to be over. And like you said, the attorney will be gone. I'll be gone. The CDFA Mm. will be gone. Everyone will be gone. And they're the ones that are left to deal with the way they behaved and the decisions that they made in their divorce. They need to have agency over everything they are doing. Yeah. Yeah. They're holding the bag. They are the ones when everybody, mm-hmm. when the dust is coming down yep. right? and all those experts, those experts are gone. They're literally holding it. So what does that right. look like for them? What does it look like? And we don't want to take their agency away. Yeah. That's part of empowering them. And, you know, that's such a, it's such a weird word to say empower because we're not giving them anything. They already have the power. It's like, mm-hmm. I have the Ruby slippers on my bookshelf over here. Cause mm-hmm. I like to remind clients, you have had the power all along. I don't know if it's been under a cloth or hidden in a closet, but you, you have it. I'm not giving you anything you don't already have. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we, we don't need to give that to them. They already have it. We're helping them discover where it's been hidden mm-hmm. and they need to own it when this is over. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. One thing you and I were talking about this um, maybe earlier in the week, and that is the other thing is when we come in with this, um, let me save you mentality, mm. right? I've heard coaches use the phrase, don't worry, it's going to be okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 What I do you think it, about that? I hear, I hear it a lot. I, hear it a <laughs> I know lot. what I think about it. What do you yeah, think about I, it? I, I often, you know, Deb and uh, we both mentor and uh, support new coaches training to become certified divorce coaches. And it is something we hear a lot, right? That instinctual nature of this new coach who's learning to say, don't worry, it's going to be okay. And, and honestly, it is quite, uh, to me, it's, it's very painful when I hear it because I, I understand that this person who's learning how to coach means well, right. Mm. They want to provide that reassurance, but in fact, they're very much creating a false promise or a false expectation without the information. So it's basically saying it's don't, it doesn't matter what's happening with you. Don't worry. It's all going to be okay. And Mm -hmm. you know what? Sometimes it's not okay, right? Right. Sometimes we have to go through a lot to get to okay. Sometimes what our clients define okay is not what we define okay. Correct. Right. Our definition of okay to our client, the uh, ultimate settlement they may get is not okay. And so there are alternate phrases we can use to still be in empathy. Mm -hmm. I'll be with you. I'll hold your hand. I'm going to support you through this entire thing. Mm -hmm. We're going to get you the information you need to make good decisions. There are many other very supportive statements we can say without making false promises. We talk about the same thing when you're talking to your kids. If you don't know this for sure, please don't say this to children. I promise we're going to stay in this house. (laughs) Do you have that inked on your divorce decree? Be careful. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's, but that's part of making that move to sympathy and we get it. Mm -hmm. We get it. We, we went into divorce coaching because we want to help people. Yeah. Yeah. We want to divorce coaches where their, their typical why is to transform the experience 
right? That doesn't have to be a traumatic life event. It can be a process, Mm -hmm. right? I've been talking about this a lot, right? Change is inevitable. Growth is optional, Mm -hmm. right? So in the work that we do as coaches, we're allowing opportunities to grow for our clients to be able to grow, but that need for that superhero, right? To to make it okay, right? To tell the client, don't worry, you know, it's okay. I got you. Well, you might not, right? What's important is, is that the clients got themselves, that the client understands. And so much of that is when we cross that boundary of being neutral to the process, Mm -hmm. we are creating also false expectations, false hope, false promises Mm -hmm. that we might not be able to live up to because there's no way as coaches, we can control all of these environments of what, or experiences of what our client is going through. Correct. Correct. So I think one thing maybe we could talk about that would be helpful to coaches is, you know, when we, when we work with clients and talk about the best self, one of the things I like to ask my clients is, okay, we've identified all the parts of you that are best self. How do you know, how do you recognize when you're slipping out of that, when mm-hmm. you're not showing up as your best self? Mm-hmm. So how can we, knowing that becoming neutral, staying neutral as to the process and as to the outcome yeah, is such a critical skill for coaches? Yeah. What are some ways you think, Tracy, that they might be able to identify when they're crossing over? Right. Sort of that self-assessment, right? As a coaches mm-hmm. that we often sort of, you know, one of the things that we do a lot in the case consultation group, right, is talking about, you know, difficult cases and, and experiences that clients might be having and, and, it is really, really important that reflective practice, right? Because we're constantly growing as coaches, right? Yep. And 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 that's our philosophy at Divorce Coaches Academy is that it's an ongoing learning is an ongoing process, right? So in case consultation, we engage in reflective practice and support our clients, uh, support our, our our fellow coaches, professional practicing divorce coaches, is in recognizing areas that they might need to talk through and support, right? So one of the first things that I love to talk about when uh, coaches are sort of having this awareness process or walking through that awareness process is, is really any identified bias, Mm -hmm. right? That, that do they feel that sort of some of that, you know, often bringing in their divorce story or their divorce experience into the process. What does that bias look like and how is it showing up? I think it's really important to be transparent and authentic about it with ourselves. So as coaches, we can recognize it, right? We talk a little bit about, you know, is there an exaggeration of the problem? Right. Um, This is something like, you know, a a coach saying to a client, bringing in their own sort of baggage and asking, oh, are you going to be safe doing that? Right. Now, the word safe is kind of a loaded word. I think it's an important assessment process with the client. But is the bias, is that exaggeration a perhaps that it could be a client challenge? It doesn't have to be a problem. 
right? And, and that sort of awareness of the coach and their own reflective work, what are those things that are triggering for them? Being really aware of it, those items that then might be pulling that coach out of neutrality mm-hmm. and into a familiar, personal, biased space in the work that they're doing. Right, right. So again, coming part of that personal experience, that familiarity, the coach could be identifying a threat when in fact it's just an opportunity or a challenge. Yes. Right. Not everything's a threat, but when we're looking at things through our own filter, Mm -hmm. especially if it's still a wound and it's not a scar yet, Mm -hmm. our own amygdala could sense danger when in fact, in our own client situation, we may have no reason to believe it's, she may not believe it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just the fact that our own brain is saying it doesn't mean we need to project that onto her right, or him. Yep. Right. So that awareness, right. That awareness for coaches to identify their Mm -hmm. own potential emotional triggers that puts them in that, you know, that familiar space Mm -hmm. that pulls them away from that neutrality. So I think that self-assessment and, and sometimes it's hard to do it. That's why reflective practice in case consultation with other professionals and a community is vitally important, right? It happens to all of us. We get sometimes, you know, triggered by a client's story, a client's experience, Mm -hmm. clients share that, that does kind of pull at us. And what does it take to anchor you back into that neutrality? Right. So I just jotted down four phrases that to me indicate you're starting to steer the conversation. Mm as opposed to asking powerful questions and letting the client self-discover. And maybe you can add to this list. I think, I think think (laughs) you need to, you Mm -hmm. should have you considered. Yeah. Yeah. All of those are absolutely moving down a lane that is advice, Mm -hmm. direction, fix problems. Yeah. You need to get your kids in therapy so that, you know, you can start building a case. Mm -hmm. I think you need to get a forensic accountant Mm because there's probably some hidden money here Mm -hmm. because your spouse hid money. So you have that bias that you think because he's self-employed that he's hiding money. Mm -hmm. I think you ought to get a forensic accountant in on this. Mm -hmm. That's very directive. That's coming from not a place of neutrality. Right. Now, what we're waiting for is permission, right? Mm -hmm. The client Mm -hmm. makes a comment. I'm afraid he might be hiding money. Okay. What's making you think that? Exactly. Okay. Well, I saw this. I saw that. I said, "Mm, okay. All right. Well, you know, what, what are you thinking you might like to do about that? Right. Or what do you need? Mm -hmm. What What do do you need need Mm -hmm. to feel comfortable and that you're clear in the direction that he's not? Right. right. What do you need to feel comfortable that you have financial transparency here before you right. move forward? Right. 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 Well, I don't know. I think I'd need, you know, okay. Are you aware of the kind of financial professionals that work in the divorce world? Right. right. No, I don't know anything. Okay. Would you like me to explain that? Then when we start down the permission-based path, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think 
you need to, you should have you considered. Those are the the four big ones that I hear that indicate mm-hmm. you think you know best. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Which again blocks that curiosity. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we block that curiosity, right, we are, you know, again engaging in the directive, the advice, the fixing. The asking powerful questions is really about not for us to learn about the client, but for the client to be able to get clarity on their own needs. So absolutely. And that's a great class that's in the library too that Tracy yeah. taught. Um, if you if you want to go back and um remind yourself of the absolute foundational power mm-hmm. of questioning mm-hmm. in coaching and you know just kind of go back and i don't know just uh, that reminder that of how important it is to stay neutral and how important it is to ask those really curious questions that's a great class it's 25 bucks it's an hour you get a ceu so that's yeah. a great one that's a great one to look at but we did just want to hop on today um to talk about this because it's such a it's a critical part of the coaching relationship that your client have agency over their own divorce decisions. The last thing you want, again, is at the end of the coaching relationship, I spent $20,000 on that forensic account and they didn't find anything. You told me to hire them. Mm -hmm. That's not going to be a referral. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the value and, and there is a tremendous value in staying neutral. And I know it's counterintuitive. So to hard. Those that are coaches who just want to help people, right? Just right. want to save you from yourself. The best person for our clients to save is themselves. The best relationship our clients could have is the relationship they're in with themselves. Yeah. Right? So the the power of neutrality is value in the client relationship and the work that our clients do on their own behalf. Right. Give a man a fish. He eats for a day. Teach a man to fish. He eats for his whole life. Yeah. I was just going to say, but I, (laughs) I say it so much. I, 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 but that's what we're doing is we're we're teaching them to show up for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. I All hope right. you are staying neutral to the process and, and really check out the case consultation group. If you have an opportunity, it's a really, really amazing practice. It is. It's really amazing. And it's, it's a bargain. I mean, we tried to price it. So it's really affordable. It's we meet uh, twice a month for 90 minutes and it's two ninety nine for six months. Yeah. So and- I just wanted to throw that out there. So everybody yeah. knows how affordable it is to get this reflect reflective practice support. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Wonderful. Thank you. Talk next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. It helps other divorce professionals find us and add to the conversation. And don't forget to follow us on social media to be the first to know when we add new classes and events. We'll be back next week with another topic to help you maximize client impact, create a thriving business, and promote the value of professional divorce coaching.